1 Corinthians 12. We're going to start at verse 4. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers, another word for that is energises them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation, which just means God made plain, the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. Now go back to verse 7. Verse 7 says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So what is Paul doing by telling you all of these gifts? Is he giving you a list of gifts that is comprehensive and covers all of them and he locks them all in and now we've got a list of gifts and we can make up surveys for them and we can run surveys and work out which gift you've got? Do you think that's what Paul's doing? I don't think he is. I think he's illustrating verse 7. So if you have a look at verse 7 again, what is he doing? He's saying the Spirit gives lots of gifts and then he goes on and he rattles off a whole bunch of gifts that the Spirit might give. Now, if you go home, and, and I would encourage you to do this, if you go home and read 1 Corinthians 12 to 14, some people actually count that there's seven times that Paul actually gives lists of gifts and they're different. There's different, there's, there's different gifts show up in different places and I think the, the reality is that what Paul's actually doing is illustrating what he's saying in verse 7, that the Spirit is generous in giving you gifts and abilities to be generous to other people for the common good. So here's my caution for you at the start. We need to be careful about the way that we think about lists like this. And if you've been in the church long enough and you've heard people teach about gifts or read books about gifts, you've probably read people who want to make it this really definitive set of gifts and these are the gifts and if you know, you've got to somehow fit into that and those are the ones that you've got to have. I actually think, just going, going out on a limb here, I actually think that there are gifts that the Spirit gives that aren't even in Scripture. Let me give you one that I reckon could be the case. I read this the other day. The gift of empathy. Have you ever had that one? <laughs> or you're in a particular spot and someone's led by the Spirit and given the gift of being really empathetic to you? They get alongside you and it leads you to Christ. Have you ever had that happen? Like, I just, I mean, I think that's the nature of 1 Corinthians 12 here is Paul's going, hey, the Spirit's like this. The Spirit's really generous and he gives gifts for the common good of the body and he'll give whatever he needs whenever they need it. And we ought not to get too locked in to saying that I've got the gift of healing in this particular moment, so that makes me a healer for the rest of my life. The Spirit does as he sees fit. It's not an exhaustive list. I want you to notice here with this list, go down to verse 11. They come from the Spirit. Verse 8 says, For to one is given through the Spirit. And then right at the end, verse 11, all these are empowered by one and the same what? Spirit. 
beginning is the spirit and the end is the spirit. So the spirit does as he pleases. And do you know something? Some of you might go, well, that's a bit freaky. Well, not really. If someone's good, you, wouldn't you just say to someone who's good, like, you do whatever you want? Wouldn't you? I mean, it's only because we live in a fallen world and people around us are not good that we just go, we just don't want to give too much control and power to someone. But if someone is only and incessantly good, wouldn't you just want to say to them, you just do whatever you want? Because it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Now, you probably know this, but this is not the only passage in the Bible about spiritual gifts. And I want to actually look at a couple of other passages in the Bible that are about spiritual gifts also. Can you, can you sneak across to Romans chapter 12 with me? Romans 12. Now, as we read this, I want you to... Can you put your thinking caps on? There's such a thing. And see if you can notice any differences between this list and the one in 1 Corinthians 12. So Romans 12, starting at verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. That's good teaching. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members and the members do not all have the same function so we though many are one body in Christ all right you ready to go having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith if service in our serving the one who teaches in his teaching the one who exhorts in his exhortation the one who contributes in generosity the one who leads with zeal the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness Anyone pick a difference? What's missing there? Anyone know? Have you, just sing it out. Tongues is not there? What else? Yeah, discernment of spirits, healing's not there. Now, we could keep going. Let me ask you this question. Is that a problem? Why is it not a problem? Anyone know? Yeah, they're all good gifts. The Spirit gives as He pleases. <laughs> all right? This just kind of enhances the point that I was making before is that the Bibles and the, the, the biblical writers and Paul in particular in 1 Corinthians 12 is not focused and interested directly in giving you a definitive list of what the spiritual gifts are. His point is to say the Spirit can do as He pleases. It gives gifts so that the church can get done what the church needs to get done for the common good. Everyone cool with that? All right. Go across to 1 Peter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. Uh, We're just going to read verse 10 and 11. One Peter 4, 10 and 11. Says this. So Corinthians was Paul writing, Romans was Paul writing. Peter is who writing? Come on, it's easy. What is it? Peter. All right. Yeah, well done. Well done. As each has received a gift, who gets a gift? Everyone. All right? Everyone. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. You see that? This is like, I was going to say this later, but I'll say it now. It's the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? 
It's like God gives a gift so that you can give. That's what it is. Verse 11. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. Now, how many is in that list? Two. All right? Now, you can. You can if you want. You could, and some people do this, and I think there's some value in doing this. You could say that it looks like there's speaking gifts and service gifts, doing gifts. It, it looks like that. And you can see that in the other passages. And it may be that Peter here is actually going, hey, listen, this is just going to cover it all. I'm not going to go through all of the gifts that could possibly be given to people in the church, to Christians. I'm going to go through the, um, you know, a couple of broad categories. So if, if I just put it on the screen there for you, you can see uh, Romans 12, 6 to 8, you've got prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, generosity, leading and mercy. And then you've got in 1 Peter 4, verse 10 to 11, you've got speaking and serving. Okay? Now, let me just illustrate this even further by showing you a list of the gifts based on the different passages. So this is 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10. You've got prophecy, miracles, wisdom, knowledge, healing, tongues, faith, distinguishing between spirits and interpretation of tongues. You go across to Romans, sorry, 1 Corinthians 12, 28, where there's another significant list in there. There's helping, administrating. Man, Lord knows that is a gift, all right? Um, people, Peter, you, man, you don't have that one, all right? I have a little bit sometimes, maybe, but you see someone who's just like a gun, like in the church, just a gun, anyway. A gun administrator, it's, it's a beautiful thing in action. Uh, healing, tongues, miracles. This is Romans 12. You've got teaching, exhorting, giving, leading, mercy, prophecy, and service. And the last one there is 1 Peter 4, which is speaking and serving. Now, there's other kind of gift lists that you can kind of get into there, but those are probably the main ones, okay? Now, you might actually remember going back a couple of weeks ago that I said to you that Paul's writing in Corinthians wasn't directly instructive, it was corrective, okay? So what you've actually got going on in the church is there was a bunch of messy things going on in the Corinthian church and Paul's coming in and he's being corrective. Now, without going into it too far, I think it's fascinating to see the difference, for example, between the list in Romans 12 and the list in 1 Corinthians 12. It actually tells you something about what Paul's trying to correct that's going on in the church. You see that? And you actually see it in 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 Corinthians 14. You see Paul working to bring a correction to some things that weren't being handled the way that they needed to be handled. Now let me just drill down a little bit more into some more of... uh, It's always good to know what you don't know before you work out what you know. Does anyone find that? So let's just let's have a bit of humility and just go, we actually don't know a lot of things. I'll, t- I'll tell you something else that's fascinating about these lists, specifically in 1 Corinthians 12, is Paul doesn't explain what they are. Now, people have written lots of information about what they are, but when the gift lists kind of show up in Scripture, they actually don't, there's no kind of interpretive grid for how you actually understand what each of them are and how they're meant to operate. And I think what that does again is it actually highlights the fact that the speaking about the gifts is not focused on the gifts themselves. It's focused on the Spirit who's generous 
and it's focusing on the common good, not on the actual list of gifts. Are you with me? You know, maybe you could break them down and categorise them, all right? but I, I just think that we ought to not get sidetracked about naming and identifying gifts. That person's a healer, that, pers- that person's a prophet, that person's a whatever. You know, sometimes I wonder whether that kind of stuff is more about us, it's more about our need or our want of uh, control and certainty and just to categorise everything and work everything out and not give the spirit the freedom to do whatever he wants. You know, in church today, God can do whatever he wants, can't he? Oh, you might even be a bit hesitant on that and I just go, well, he's going to anyway. <laughs> you know, the Psalms say the Lord God is in heaven, he does whatever pleases him. So he just will. So it's better off if we come to church and we just go, you know what, God, you can do whatever you want today. And uh, I know, I haven't got a clue what it is and it might be a little bit freaky for me sometimes. Bottom line is this, I know it's going to be good because you never do anything that's not good. All right, let's uh, dig in a little bit deeper. As you look at those lists on the screen, is there anyone in church today who's just going, some of those look like just kind of natural gifts? Is it, has anyone thought that? While you're looking at that, you just go, is that a spiritual gift? I'm pretty sure I've seen people naturally doing those things. You know, sometimes I think when, we, when you talk about spiritual gifts that we're, we can be naturally drawn to the gifts that it's really obvious that people can't do properly without God's involvement. And those are good gifts. You know, the gifts of working of miracles, the gifts of healing, gifts of prophecy. But let's just pause for a minute like, and just think a little bit about this whole notion that some people can do some of these things naturally. What, what does that even mean? And what's the difference between a gift or a natural ability? Well, let me ask you this question. Can anyone do anything without God? No. Like no one. I'm not even talking about Christians. No one can do anything without God. Colossians 1.17, he is before all things, Jesus, and in him all things hold together. Acts 17.28, in him we live and we move and we have our being. Romans 1.20 tells us that the creation of the world reflects the character of God. Everything about you belongs to God and your talents and your abilities, even if they are natural talents, are given by him and reflect him. You see that? Like, you don't get to do an independent thing anyway. Like, there's no such thing. Yet, the Scriptures say that there are specific gifts that the Spirit energizes in unique ways, even though people can have natural talents and giftings. Come with me to, uh, you can look at it on the screen or in your Bible there, 1 Peter 4. Now, have a look at... uh, the back end of verse 11 there. Actually, no, let's, let's go to the start. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very, various varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks the oracles of God. Uh, just tell me, where does the energy for serving God with speaking, if you've got a speaking gift, where, does, where ought that come from? From God, all right? You guys are doing well. It's meant to come from God. 
That, and that's, that's like a hint now, all right? Like when we're thinking about what is the uniqueness of a spiritual gift above an ability? Well, the energy and the power and the source of it is coming from God. All right, let's just keep going. Um, whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So if a spiritual gift starts with God, its end is what? God. There you go. It's like the two rules about what's different between a spiritual gift and a natural talent. Natural talent doesn't have to have its focus on God. You can be a good guitarist and could be a good speaker and not be focused on God. You could be a good speaker and not be energized by God. True? But that's where it's different. And a spiritual gift is, is energized. It starts with God and its end is God and the building up of God's people. So let me clarify it even more. You could actually be talented because you, in a particular area because your parents were. There could be a genetic component to it. There's a training component. There's an experience component. But gifts, spiritual gifts, come from the Spirit. They're received. They're not something that you develop per se. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. Somebody go, Ooh, hold on. Talents are uh, possessed by anyone, right? People all over the planet have got talents. You know, spiritual gifts, you only get them if you're a child of God. So if you're not a Christian here this morning, you need to become one. That's the first thing. And then you just need to pray and you need to ask God to give you gifts to serve. And he will because he gives them to everyone. See, gifts are focused on God. Talents can be focused on anything. Can you turn in your Bibles? I want you to, I want you to see this for yourself to uh, Romans chapter 1. We, uh, we sent out this uh, really helpful John Piper article at the start of our weekly update. Uh, Haley pulled that one together for us. and um, It's a great little section, I think, that came from it. Uh, Romans, sorry, that came from Romans chapter 1 here. If I've got the right one. Romans 1, verse 11 to 12. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Now, do you think Paul's actually saying that the strengthening that he wants to give to them comes by Paul praying for them and then getting like the gift of tongues or something? Do you think that's what he's saying by imparting a gift to them? Because it's not. Do you know what he's saying? He's going, I would love to be among you and exercise my spiritual gift to strengthen you. You see that? That's, that's the direction of it. It's not like Paul's saying, I want to pray for you so that you get a spiritual gift and then your faith will be strengthened. I want to exercise my spiritual gift or the gifts that God gives me when I'm with you so that your faith would be strengthened. Now, this is a great quote from uh, John Piper. To strengthen someone by a spiritual gift means to help their faith not give way as easily when trouble enters their life. We have spiritual gifts in order to help other people keep the faith and maintain an even keel in life's storms. If there is anybody around you whose faith is being threatened in any way at all, take stock whether you may have a spiritual gift peculiarly... There you go. I knew that was going to get me. ...suited to strengthen that person. See that? 
So when you come to church, part of what you should do when you come to church, if you're going to be like Paul in Romans 1, is God, who needs me to exercise a spiritual gift to strengthen them today? And then you pray and you ask for a gift to strengthen someone's faith at church. How are you going? You going all right? And, and you do that everywhere. You do that everywhere where Christians get together. All right? You do it in small groups, like community groups at the church here. You do that even in families. You do it in God's family all over the place. Now, what is the key blockage in church? Is the key blockage that the Spirit doesn't want to give gifts? No, it's not. I think the key blockage in church is that people aren't leaning in and wanting to strengthen each other's faith. You with me? We just do our own independent thing, we do our own stuff, we come to church to get, we leave early, we don't get involved in relationships with each other, where God would have a strength in each other's faith and it's all a bit dry and crusty. But we don't want to be like that, do we? Does anyone here want to be like that? I don't want a church like that. So come on. Like, let's have a church that leans in. Let's have a church like we know that God's generous. So let's get involved. Let's get involved with each other. Let's get involved in serving. And let's ask God to equip us and give us gifts so that people's faith can be strengthened. Isn't that awesome? Like, isn't it awesome that you could actually go home at the end of church on Sunday and someone whose faith has just run aground on the rocks and, and for whatever reason, God gives you something to go to them with, a gift to go to them with to strengthen their faith and they go home strong. Isn't that awesome? Because, you know, it's, it's a really dodgy metaphor and I'm just going to go with it. Um, you know, when you pour grace on other people, it splashes on you too. Have you noticed that? But if you just kind of turn introspective and like, is everyone, people need to serve me and I need to be okay and you didn't do what you should have done, I just go, stop thinking that way. That's not a biblical way to think. And, and it's a small way to think, you know, because the spirit isn't like that. There isn't like this limited quantity of stuff and you've got to get your piece of it. God is a generous God who gives and gives and gives and he will bless you in your giving. Who knows that to be true? It is more blessed to give than to believe it. Believe it. Do you? Your life will tell that story. Your life will tell that story. All right, here's what we're going to do today for the rest. We're going to go to uh, Romans 12. And we're actually going to work through each of the gifts in Romans 12. So I'm taking a little bit of liberty here just to um, cover uh, basically the bulk of the... I think basically we cover the, the bulk of the spiritual gifts in the Bible if we do 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. We're going to do Romans 12 today. Now, if you don't know what the grace of God is, it's a bit like one of those, but better. All right? It's a, uh, it's a gift. And it's a, uh, as I said before, it's a gift that keeps on giving. So you can, uh, you can have a look either on the screen or down there. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to run through each of these gifts, give you, you know, the clearest understanding we've got about what they are and, uh, and where you might be able to serve 
in the church if God gives you that kind of gift, either over an extended period of time or over a uh, shorter kind of ad hoc period of time. The first one in Romans 12 is prophecy and I'm going to skip this one today. And the reason why I'm going to skip it is because it gets discussed in great length in 1 Corinthians 12, okay? And we're going to go there next week and probably for subsequent weeks after that because 1 Corinthians 14 is all about tongues and prophecy. So we're, we're going to go there, all right? So don't worry about that one. Second one in uh, Romans 12 is service. Now, this is a deacon kind of stuff, right? You remember we read in 1 Peter 4 there, for whoever who serves, serve with the strength that who supplies? God does, all right? Um, where could you serve in the project? <laughs> like anywhere, couldn't you? I mean, I don't, I don't even know who put this cup of water on the lectern out here, but I'm blessed by that service. I genuinely, genuinely am blessed by that service. I mean, the elders are just so crazy blessed by the deacons, in the church and the deacons are lead servants that's really what they are and they're just doing a sweet sweet job you know I I am so blessed and strengthened in my faith and my leadership in the church by the deacons who serve in the church just bless them you know one way that you could translate the word deacon in the bible is table waiter it's probably Ray it wasn't Ray there you go. I mean, we, um, we don't call staff deacons, right? But the, the gig of staff in the project is to make it easy for other people in the church to serve. So in a sense, they're kind of lead servers as well. And I'll tell you, um, Haley is just a massive blessing to me. Her service to me is so rich and wonderful. So look around, what needs doing? that God would gift you in an extra special kind of way to engage with? How can you serve? It's true, isn't it? Like people who serve are just precious, yeah? I mean, it's going to happen after church here, you know? You get out there, something will, I don't know, something's happening, there'll just be some way for you to serve to bless someone. So use a serving gift to do that. What about this one? Teaching. You go back to the early church, there weren't that many books in the early church. There wasn't much education. So you can imagine teachers were really significant. Um, And they were really, really important. And they're really significant in the works of Paul. You know, there's a sense here, it's not just they need to teach information, but they need to depend upon the Spirit. Someone with the gift of teaching needs to depend upon the Spirit for insight and the significance of what they're teaching for people that they're teaching. Now, I pray for this. This morning I prayed for it before I had to get up and talk. God, would you give me the gift of teaching today so that people can understand and can be led toward you. Let the energy for it come from you. Let it head toward you. And I would even ask for those who um, who teach in Project Kids, do you you pray for that? Because I think you ought to. I mean, everyone who's over there is just mini-me right now. I'm talking about all of us. It's like mini-me over there, the real legit human being whose heart needs to be shaped and guided toward God. Amen? And you actually need people over there in Project Kids who have the gift of teaching, 
even if it be for 45 minutes on a Sunday morning, God, would you give me the gift of teaching so that these little kids can be guided toward you? Now, the difference, prophecy in a sense, is new insight into God's will and teaching new insight. Sorry, is new insight into God's will. Teaching is new insight into old revelation. You see that? It's new insight into old revelation. And how much do we need that around the place? I mean, community group leaders. I mean, there's going to be times you'll, you'll be teaching your community groups. It'd be good for you to stop too. I'd encourage you to stop and say, God, would you give me the gift of teaching before community group? And teaching's significant in the project here. And one of the things I'd love to hear if you're interested, but one of the things I've been thinking for a long time and my schedule just hasn't allowed it, but we've just got to do it, is I just want to start a, pre- a preaching class. All right? So if you're just like a budding preacher and you'd like to be part of something or you just actually go through the process of actually preaching a message and then you get to preach a whole bunch of messages in front of um, your allies before you get up in front of the harsher critics, no, you guys are good, really. That'll be an opportunity for you to do that. Come and see me. Come and see me, right? If you've got this thing inside of you that says I'd like to preach and teach, come and see me. And uh, if we get enough people, we'll run something and uh, teach people how to teach and preach all right this one exhorting now you know what uh, exhorting is exhorting is um encouragement on roids can i say that that's that's kind of what it is it's encouragement on roids okay so you take encouragement and you and you just strengthen that way and, and what you get is you get exhortation which is a strong encouragement to do something so it doesn't have well done, mate, you did really well. Because that doesn't have a forward kind of momentum to it. Do you see that? Exhortation kind of is just going, yeah, no, you got this. You just grab this thing by the, str- the scruff of the neck, man. You just, this is how I talk to my sons, right? So if you've got daughters, you've got to translate, but <laughs> grab the thing by the scruff of the neck and do not be afraid and you just go for it. Stand up, get going, you can do this. That's exhortation, a forward momentum who'd like some more exhortation in the project wow you guys are really seriously four of you (laughs) at least maybe we should get the four people to stand up so that people with the gift of exhortation know who to go to man i i i get this one regularly i mean i i feel personally like god leads me into places and into spaces that I'm just absolutely persuaded I need to go and we need to go and then I kind of get there and I just go whoops like this is a little bit freaky you know because now we're in this place that's you know we're trying to attempt something significant I mean Restore Ministries is one of those we're just kind of getting out there and we're bringing Ed over and all of a sudden we get out there and we just go whoa it's almost like it sounded really cool to walk across the tightrope before I got out there and now I realize there's a hundred foot drop there and it's not quite as exciting anymore and people of ex, exhort, who've got an exhortation gift come along and just go, no, man, you just need to keep walking that. You need to keep going with that. And I, I feel like there's a bunch of people around me who do that. Who knows that we've got enough critics in the world? Yeah? We just do. And some of you don't even need external critics. You're your own critic. And you just critic, critique yourself all the time, internally. See, if you're one of those people, do you know what you need? You need someone with the gift of exhortation to come along 
and help spur you on. True? So God, would you give us 200 exhorters in the project? Give us just generously, overflowingly give the gift of exhortation in the project. Now, you, that's a, you can do that. You can do that. You can do that anywhere. It's like some of you might go, well, where do you do that? I just go, well, you could just do it anywhere. I'm pretty sure that there's not many people who would ever be offended by you exhorting them. True? And if they do get offended, they've got a problem. Most of the time. Seek after it. Seek after that gift. Here's a beauty. Giving. You're going, oh, I don't have that one. <laughs> this is the gift of coming to the assistance of the poor financially or giving financially to things. It's the gift not of feathering your own nest and getting a good reputation with people because that would be not what we're talking about with gifts where it comes from God and it goes to God. It would come from you and it would go to you. Giving is being concerned with the need of the other person only. And the classic thing about um, Western culture and Australian culture in particular is this is like the sacred cow, right? You just don't touch this one. You're not meant to talk about this this sort of stuff uh, publicly. But here's the thing. Paul mentions it in Romans 12 because it's a precious gift. It's a precious gift, you know. And, and somehow, I, I, I love the idea, and I know it's difficult in Australian culture, but it, somehow I love the idea that people would actually be able to see people who've got the gift of giving. I mean, the classic scripture that's used to say, you know, don't talk about giving is the one that says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And that's where Jesus speaks in Matthew. But the problem with that is Jesus goes on to talk about praying and says, when you pray, go into your closet... And the question for me is, like, if, we, if the rule is that don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing is about not telling anyone else what you're giving, then we have to apply the same thing to prayer, which is don't ever do a public prayer. And that's a problem. Is everyone with me that public prayers are appropriate and right? I mean, they're in Scripture. So Jesus must be talking about something else. And I know it's dangerous... But I think there's a blessing in there as well. I think we can just enjoy. If God gives someone the gift of giving financially, we don't have to give them preferential treatment. We don't have to tell the whole world. But we can just rejoice, can't we, and be excited about the fact that someone felt to give something. True? We've seen this in the church. We've, I think we've seen the gift of giving in the project. All right? You know, one example of it, and uh, I got to speak about it on, uh, on a podcast with Mike Wilkerson when, when uh, Sue and Colin and I were in Texas in 20, 2016, but that was an example of it. We put out a vision to the church about three of us going over and doing some stuff, and people just gave to it. People just gave to it. People gave more than they needed to give. We had enough money, and then people gave to supplement Sue and Cole's income because they were taking a leave without pay. Now, I think that's a gift of giving. And I, I think we ought to celebrate that. Like we would celebrate someone who's a cracking good, like SAS level exhorter. <laughs> True? 
Like, let's just get cracking good at this stuff and then just celebrate it because if we're getting it right, it's not about the person. It's about the gift comes from God, the person responds to God and does the thing that he's gifted them to do and it goes back to God. Some of you are still just a bit nervous about the old giving piece. All right? God originated, God focused. That's what we're talking about. What about this one? Leading. A gift of leading. Now go back to the, uh, the text there because I just want to highlight something in the text. I've just got to find it here. Have you got your Bibles open? Romans 12 there. What does it say? It says, this is in verse 8. The one who leads with what? Zeal. All right? So if God has gifted you to lead, be pumped about it. True? Don't, don't come to church. Don't go to community group. Don't do anything in the church where you play a leadership role where you just go, oh, this, really, this is really pathetic and I don't really like it and other people, you know, I wish other people were serving more. I would just go, look, did God gift you to lead something? Well, if the answer is yes, get into it. <laughs> get into it. Just love it. And I'm not saying this because you don't do it. A bunch of you do. It's like, just... Get, you know, grab the bull by the horns and just go for it. Isn't that the kind of leaders that we need here? That's what we need. You know, a leader's work is really important. And if God's gifted you to lead, then lead well. Don't be lame. Don't be a lame leader. You can be a lame leader because you need to grow in skill. And you can grow in that and you can get equipped and hopefully the church can help you to do that. But don't be lame because you're just half-hearted. Be zealous about it. Be pumped about it. And let me just put this out here. The church ought to be better than the workplace. You know, one thing that I hear regularly in church circles is this. People don't serve as well because they're not getting paid for it. Now, that is a reality. But but stop for a minute and think about that. Well, we're just doing it for Jesus, whereas over here we're doing it for money. So it makes sense. We're not going to give as much. (laughs) Is anyone awkward right now? Because I think it's meant to be a bit awkward. It's like I'll just be lame, I'll just be half-hearted because at least I'm getting a quid out of it over here. That's, that's weird to me. The church ought to be better than the workplace. The incentive of the kingdom. How many incentives does Christ give for those who serve him? What about the incentive that he will resource you? That's an incentive. So he is going to, I am going to go and I'm going to lead And I'm going to be the most awesomest leader I can be because God has gifted me and he's promised to resource me. Isn't that that it? Mercy. Let's, uh, can you just have a look at that text again? Romans 12. At the end there, at the end of verse 8 there, the one who does acts of mercy with what? Radiant joy. 
That's it. Radiant joy. So if you're someone that God gifts and calls to minister to the sick and the needy, don't spend time thinking about how everyone else should be doing it as much as you do it. Because that would not be radiant joy. <laughs> don't do that. Like if, if God's brought something to your attention and he's gifted you to do it, can you just go and do it? And I'm sure heaps of you do. Just go and do it. And, and you know what? Smile about it. <laughs> and be happy about it. Who knows that it just doesn't count that much when someone's being merciful to you and they're grumpy about it. It just doesn't, right? It's like, yeah, well, it's really put a spring in my step, you know. Compassion is an opportunity. And, you know, we would love to, and this has been a secret for a while, the elders would love to see people in the project just grow in mercy ministry. So much so, we've just been waiting for the right time to talk about it, so I'll talk to you about it right now. We put some money aside out of last year's missions budget to support local mercy ministries. And some of you are going, what is that? And I'm just going, that's right, what is that? I don't know. <laughs> but we would sure love to hear from people who feel like God's energised and gifted them to be merciful to people in need. I mean, We've got a massive international mercy ministry that we're connected with, right? Compassion. And look at, look at that. How good is that? Isn't that good? And, and I think, at some level, and I, I trust that the, the people in the leadership group, the, the Compassion team here, would continue to, to pray this way. You guys should be praying for the gift of mercy. Regularly. Because <laughs> that's what you're engaged with. You're engaged with a, a mercy ministry. But it raises the question, we're doing really well, still need to grow and, and get better at it, but we're doing really well at International Mercy Ministries in Indonesia. And I just go, well, I wonder what's happening with local Mercy Ministries. Now, I don't think that we need to always reinvent the wheel. Am I saying that the project needs to start up a soup kitchen? Well, not necessarily. I'd probably lean in favour of not more than need to. Why? Because there's lots of them out there. <laughs> well, can't we just go? I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer in like send people and money. Which is kind of what we're doing with compassion, right? Send people and money. You know, there's... Some of you know about the... There's a ministry in... Uh, Toowoomba to, uh, to women in the sex industry called Rahab. You know, how did it all start? Well, a bunch of Christian ladies just started going to the brothel and blessing them with stuff. And now, I mean, there's, it's just an amazing, amazing story. You know, it's not like the, the project doesn't have to set up their own thing like that. If, you, if God stirs you to be merciful, come and let us know and we'll... We'll support you and maybe there'll be other people in the church and you can go and be part of something. I spoke to a uh, pastor from uh, a church in town who um, knocked back his hours. Like he knocked back a couple of days a week. He was full time, I think, and he went down to three days a week, I think. And you know why he did that? So he could go and serve in the NDIS, the National Disability Insurance Scheme. 
and he raves about all the opportunities he's having to be merciful. And he's a senior pastor of a church. And that was challenging to me. I just went, isn't that? That's beautiful. You don't, you don't have to start something new. If God gives the gift of mercy, go out and just get amongst it. And so he's sitting there with, having coffee and he's sitting there and he's telling me all these conversations about Jesus that he's having with people who don't know Jesus. And they're all the really needy people. You know, you track back to Jesus' time on the planet when he walked around on this planet. Who did he hang out with? The needy people. The needy people. All right. And some of these that you look at on the screen there, some of you might go, well, isn't everyone supposed to do those? And the answer is yes. But. It's yes, but. Here's the but. People with this gift, just it's like high octane, all right? It's just another level. And, and I'm sure that you've seen some of this around the place. You just go, yeah, well, I can, I can be merciful and, and, and I, can, I can give and uh, I can exhort and I can serve, but this person, they are like the super league of mercy. And you don't, at that point, you don't get insecure about it and just go, oh, that makes me a worse person because they're better at mercy. It's like, no, the Spirit gives to whom He wills and there is going to be people in each of these gifting areas, there are going to be people that are in the Super League. And you know what? It doesn't even make them good because they didn't get it from themselves anyway. They got it from God and it goes to God. So it doesn't even really matter. What matters is that God's doing it and people being blessed and their faith is being strengthened. Now... Let me just tie a couple of things up. And then, you know what we're going to do is we're going to pray. And uh, you're going to have the opportunity to come forward. And we're going to pray that God will give you spiritual gifts. All right? And you don't have to do that if you want. But um, I just encourage you to do it. I don't know what he's going to give you, but we'll just ask for stuff. You can ask him for the ones that you want. <laughs> he's a good dad and he can work that out. You know, you, anyone who's got kids knows that kid, kids come up to their parents and say, Here's 35 presents I want for my birthday. And mum and dad go, well, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll give you the ones that I think would be really good for you right now. So how do you... So here's the question. Do you need to develop your gifts? Now, I want to just be a little bit careful with this and I don't even want to spend too much time on it, right? But I think the sense biblically is that you develop talents and gifts when they're given are a little bit more mature. Okay, so if you've ever been in a church that gets you to practice and practice and practice to get a gift, I'm a little bit of a skeptic about doing that. I do think that there's a sense in which you can sharpen the way that you handle a gift that God's given you, but they do, biblically, I think they do seem to have a little bit more maturity about them than having to practice, practice, practice to get something. How do you discover your gift? Well, you find someone whose faith needs strengthening and you pray and then you go and try and help them. True? Or just give it a crack. I mean, it's, the Spirit gives gifts for the common good. So if you think you're gifted in something and it's consistent with Scripture and then you just go and do it and no one is blessed by it, you're probably not gifted. <laughs> All right? But I think, I think that's the way the church is meant to work, right? People are meant to be able to have a crack. And I'd say have a crack, right? Now, if you keep doing the same thing and it's not working and not helping anyone and you've done it 13 times, you've probably done it 12 or, 13, 12 or 11 times too often, all right? 
But if you, if you exercise a gift and people around you are blessed by it, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Let, let the church, let the family of the church give you feedback on who you are and help you to know who you are and how God's made you to be in terms of your giftings. Don't get hung up on naming them. Just do stuff to strengthen the faith of other people for the common good. Amen? I mean, we could do a survey. But I think the best survey is a, is a serving survey, isn't it? So I get out and just serve and, and get the survey that way. Last question. And I've already kind of hinted at this one. How do you get spiritual gifts? Well... God gives them. How? Well, I think one way that God gives them, and sometimes God just gives them out of the blue, but I think one way that he gives them is that you pray for them. You ask for more. Uh, Many of you wouldn't know this, and uh, I'd I'd appreciate it if you didn't mention again after this, but I have actually been ordained as a pastor of the Project Church. There you go. What even is that? It It was basically commissioning thing that happened with TCC Church years ago, all right? And this pastor from another church um, came up and he, he put his hand on my shoulder as part of it. And you know what he prayed for me is he prayed, God, would you give this man more gifts? That's a good prayer, isn't it? That, that would be a good prayer for you. I'd give him more gifts. So, uh, but the only reason you'd hesitate is you just go, well, what are they going to do with them? But if it's like you've got this idea, it comes from God, it's energised by God and it's for God and for the common good, of course you'd want to have more gifts. I will pray that for anyone who wants me to pray that for them today, that God would give you more gifts. I mean, I probably feel like it's happened a little bit. You know, I, I feel personally and, you know, you guys are the ones that have to listen to me. But from my people coming to me after church when they haven't been at church, and they go, "Oh, how did it go? This how did it go this morning?" You just go, "I don't know. It was awesome. <laughs> the preacher just rocked it." <laughs> Look, it's a weird question, right? I know what they're asking, and I appreciate it, but it, it is just a bit weird. But I say, like, just from my point of view, I just feel more anointed as a speaker now than I ever have. And something happened for me only about 12, 18 months ago where it just went to a different level. I don't even know what it is, other than I think the Spirit did something. You know, I still get nervous before I get up and speak pretty much every time. And you guys are lovely, all right? It's not your fault. But I still get nervous. But I know I've got this confidence, I've got this bedrock confidence now that I'm going to get up and the Spirit's going to speak through me. And so I don't... I just know I've just got to get to the first 10 seconds and then I'll be right. Because I know that God's going to come in and he's going to be the wind in my sails. So we should pray. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. I think if the scriptures say to earnestly desire, we should just ask for it. 1 Corinthians 14.13, listen to this one. Therefore one who speaks in a tongue... It's talking about how people were speaking in tongues and there was no interpreter, right? It says, therefore one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. What's it saying? It's saying if you speak in tongues and there's no one to interpret it, you should pray for the gift to be able to interpret what you just said. 
So how do you get that gift? Well, you pray. You should ask for it. 1 Timothy 4 verse 14, Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. How did Timothy get his gifts? A bunch of elders got round, prayed for him, prophesied over him, he got a gift. So, who wants a gift? Yeah. So, nice. do you want to come up and the, the uh, worship team, they're going to play and, um, and sing and you can sing with them. I almost said play with them, but uh, you might need to talk to Nathan about that first. But yeah, you can sing along with them. Um, love it if you could just hang tight just for... Uh, uh, five or ten minutes here. And look, what we're going to do, you're just going to have the opportunity to come out. I love for community group leaders to... Um, love for community group leaders to come out and help out, elders, wives. You can, you can pray with each other for this. Like a, you don't have to be an expert for this. There's, um, there's only, only one expert, and that's Jesus. And uh, he, he connects to us and... That's the only way anyone becomes an expert. So uh, they're just going to play uh, Lord, I Need You, actually. So uh, love it if uh, community group leaders and elders, the rest of you can maybe stand. I might just pray and uh, we'll sing. And as we're singing, if you would like someone to come and pray that you would, that you would get gifts, love to do that. And uh, I, d- I just love for you to feel like you can come out and just even specify the gifts that you'd like God to give you. Now, he can give whatever he wants. He can give whatever he wants. I've prayed to God saying, God, I don't speak in tongues, right? But I reckon that would be cool because Paul thinks it's cool. So I've asked for it before, but um, I've asked for it before and I haven't got it yet. And that's okay. And I may never get it. And that's all right. It doesn't mean you can't ask for it. Let me, um, let me pray. God, you are a, a supreme giver. You're a very wise giver. You're a good father who knows how to give good gifts to your children. And God, you, you know um, what's going to make this Project Church come even more alive. And you know the gifts. They just seem to fire up a little bit. And so, God, we, um, we really need your activity. We really need your involvement. And uh, we, don't, we don't want to just run off and do silly little counterfeits under our own steam. We, um, we want you to energise us, to strengthen us, to focus us, God, would you gift us today? Would you give us more gifts in this church? Would you give us more? Would you help us to lean into you? And would you give us more gifts, not so that we can be legends, not so that we can even have an awesome church, but so that people's faith is strengthened and the common good is built. God, we, um, we do want, I want this church to be a wonderful, wonderful place for people to enter 
because of the activity of your spirit and the love that's happening in here and that it's not kind of coming out of everyone just trying harder but it's being energized by you and energized by your spirit. Amen.